Adam Kalustian here, one of your co-hosts of Sinners and Saints. I welcome you to the broadcast this week. We decided to recut and re-air a show that we did a number of months ago on tattoos and body piercings. Never made its way into the archives on the site, so we recut it. And since we had a number of requests uh, to hear it again, here it is for you on the website. Enjoy it. Thanks for joining us, Sinners and Saints. What is red and yellow, black and white, and comes in all kinds of shapes and sizes and designs? You guessed it, tattoos. To tattoo or not to tattoo, that is the question. So stay tuned with us tonight as we talk about tattoos and body piercing on Sinners and Saints. This is Sinners and Saints. Theology with an edge. I think most of you notice they're everywhere. People are getting not just one tattoo, two tattoos, but they have become tattoos all over their bodies. So we want to talk about that. What is a Christian view on tattooing? I think it's probably a good idea to start this discussion before we jump straight into the Bible, just to, from a cultural or a historical point of view. Where do these things come from? Well, tattooing seems to have been part of ancient cultures, and they were used for different things, but primarily they seem to have some association with burial rites, a means of disfiguring yourself so that you will not be haunted by the spirits of the departed. So this seems to have been part of, at least in the ancient Near East, why tattooing was done. And the reason we believe this is just looking at what we have from the cultural information. Not all of this is 100% positive, but this is the best guess that those who study ancient cultures have come up with. Yeah, you'll find all kinds of conflicting opinions about this. There was a... um a mummified uh, set of remains that was dug up in 1991, I think somewhere in southern France. And this guy is probably, they speculate, at least several thousand years old. And he had no less than 57 tattoos on his body. Archaeologists, uh, anthropologists speculate this has something to do with burial rites, funeral rites, rites of passage or something. But clearly, this is a very, very ancient practice. And I think it's very important to make that point. This is not simply a 1960s, 1970s countercultural kind of revolutionary kind of thing to do. It's been around forever. And probably, if you trace it back to its most ancient origin, it has something to do with religion. Now it seems to be kind of like a rejuvenation started uh, several hundred years ago when the age of European exploration began and they started making contact, especially with Pacific Islanders, which is where we get the word tattoo from. And so you have this uh, group of Western sailors are going to these islands and they're seeing people with all sorts of body art. And so initially it is the sailing community, the explorers that are getting these tattoos and they bring it back and reintroduce it to European culture, but is primarily seen as you know, almost criminal, lower-class type of a thing. It was not something that a uh, dignified or a cultured person would have. But now it's changed. Now it seems to be everywhere. Oh, man. Doctors, lawyers, all kinds of sophisticated, upper-middle-income, educated people. I mean, you find them literally all over. People, uh, it seems like a cultural movement that's just sort of sprung up more recently where it's legitimized. It's something that people just kind of do. I don't know if it could be reduced to the level of a hobby, but certainly it's grown by leaps and bounds, and I, I think that has something to do with reducing the stigma attached to it. But uh, I think also it's important to make the point that it's not just a, a contemporary phenomena among, say, non-Christian sort of neo-pagan types. You go back to the ancient uh, history of the church, and it was very common for Christians before the time of Constantine to tattoo themselves in some way to identify themselves with Christians. It was very widespread in the ancient world. 
And uh, finally, it was condemned by a council somewhere in the Middle Ages as something that had become so associated apparently with uh, neo-paganism that the church ruled that it was uh, unbiblical or at least unlawful for Christians to have them. But I don't think they paid attention to that very long because by the time of the Crusades again, you have Christians going off to war with some sort of tattoo on them identifying them as Christians. So it's been persistent, even, I just want to point this out, even within Christianity for people to tattoo themselves. Also in the Middle East today, at least for the last 100, 200 years, Christians who go on pilgrimages, particularly to Jerusalem, would get cross tattoos on their wrists to identify that they had actually made it all the way to uh, the birthplace of Christ in Bethlehem or to where he died at Calvary. But so the thing is like this tattooing thing has existed. It has primarily again been in the pagan world, but it has not been absent from Christianity. And so as we go now to look at it from the scriptures, we have to keep in mind its broader history, its broader context, and then try to understand it not in terms of, well, I grew up where decent people didn't get tattoos, but rather to understand what is the tattoo, what biblical prohibitions, if any, exist, and do those prohibitions remain for us today? I, I think that's very important, too, because you have so many, if you just go on the internet and you type in tattoos and Christians and all this, you're bound to come across a whole series of sort of a fundamentalist uh, strain of websites that look at tattooing, and they just want to condemn it outright as you know, a, a shocking kind of a thing, a phenomenon that's happening today, and Christians are being tempted to, uh, you know, follow through with pagan practices, and this is never, this is unprecedented, it hasn't happened before, but it's complete uh, historical ignorance. It's been happening for a long time, and it's been happening in the church as well, and Christians have responded to this in different ways. So you can't just approach this from a, a blanket statement sort of point of view, as if you proof text one text, and that answers all the questions that relate to tattooing. It's a simple prohibition. You know you can never do it. It's a fairly complex uh, question, and Christians of all sorts and stripes are going to come out at different points of view, and we may even on this show end up coming to some different conclusions about what we think is appropriate or not. So when we come back after the break, we're going to take on this issue and look at some biblical texts which might have some bearing on the issue of tattoos. So stay tuned with us tonight on Sinners and Saints. All right, we're back tonight on Sinners and Saints, talking about tattoos and body piercing. We promised you before the break we're going to come back to this issue and look at it from a biblical perspective to see whether the scriptures actually speak to this in a relevant way. And I think, Adam, you had some scriptures you wanted to bring into the discussion here. Well, John, your question was, what kind of passages in the Bible do people use to say that tattoos and piercings are wrong or show that the current culture of tattoos and piercings are That's out right. of control? That's right. Bring and people will go to passages like Leviticus 19.28. You shall not make any cuttings in your flesh for the dead, nor tattoo any marks on you, for I am the Lord. And they say, well, see, it's very clear. God says to the Israelites, no tattoos. I am the Lord. And so if you're asking the question, can I have a tattoo? God's answer is no. It's in the Bible. That's good enough for me. Well, you think that should end the discussion, but we still have 20 minutes to kill. So actually what we're going to have to say <laughs> is that it, it is specific that you are not to do this for the dead that these activities that are being restricted here, which includes, by the way, shaving the edges of your beard or rounding off your hair, that these are things not to be done in association with the cult of the dead, which would have been what the ancient Near Easterners were practicing. This is not speaking of it in the abstract that never ever can there be any ornamentation or art on the body. Now that's not to say that this it is approving that sort of behavior, but certainly from this verse to get a blanket restriction would be a little bit too much. I, I think this is a very important point to make, too, 
because very often people cite that one verse out of context and they say that just proves it. The scripture said it, I'm right, you're wrong, don't do it. And, and, and they don't back up and, and, and go to the verse before and the same person telling you that you can't have a tattoo doesn't have a beard and they have a bald head that's been shaved. And they don't see the inconsistency between appealing to one law and neglecting the other. And so you might say back to him, well, this text here, Leviticus 29, doesn't necessarily specifically say you can't uh, cut yourself or make tattoos on your body uh, in funeral situations or for the dead. But if you drop down to the, the subsequent context there in verse uh, 20, it clearly talks about things that are inappropriate or unlawful for uh, Israelites to do when they are mourning for their family. You go to Deuteronomy chapter 14, verse 1, the same prohibition, and this time very clearly it says, you may not cut yourself or make tattoos on yourself or your forehead for the dead. And clearly this was associated in Canaanite religions in some way or other with uh, funeral practices to get the attention of the God or to ward off false spirits. And so the Lord is simply applying this to a very specific cultural uh, situation. And, you know, there are other passages in the Scripture where the Lord speaks of things like piercings, what we might perceive as more radical, like nose rings and that kind of thing, in a very positive way. When he talks about how beautiful he made Israel, his bride, this is in Ezekiel 16.12, he said, I put a jewel in your nose and earrings in your ears and a beautiful crown on your head and you were adorned this way with gold and silver and your clothing was of fine linen silk and embroidered cloth he said i've done all of these beautiful i have made you beautiful and one of the ways he made them beautiful is by putting a nose ring in decking her. them out with uh, body piercings in other words right so we have to be very sensitive to the context in which the prohibition against tattoos and certain kinds of piercings are given in the old testament uh, just to follow up uh, on this as well with, with earrings and so forth, you go to Exodus chapter 32, and you have Aaron calling on the people of God to hand over their earrings. He says very specifically, your wives, your sons, and your daughters, hand over your earrings so that they can make the molten calf. Clearly, Israel has earrings. Why is that verse so important? Because in Exodus, or rather, yeah, Exodus 21, uh, it talks about earrings being used to mark out a slave. And very often you'll hear people using that as an objection to, to body piercings. They say, well, no, that was just for slaves. So if you're just marking yourself up with body piercings and so forth, you're just showing that you're a slave. Well, that makes no sense. That was a very specific biblical application to a particular issue. Clearly, God was not prohibiting earrings on everybody. Otherwise, Israel wouldn't have been standing there just after receiving the law with a bunch of earrings on. You also have to deal with another passage that is often brought up is that, look, your body is the temple of the Lord. It's where the Spirit of God dwells, and therefore it must be done in a manner that your body can only be that which is holy and perfect. And unfortunately, people reduce this to an external appearance. And they also misuse the passage because Paul is telling you that you cannot be with prostitutes because your body is where the Holy Spirit dwells. Therefore, do not use it in sinful actions. It is not speaking about many of these other topics, but people wind up taking these things and trying to apply their cultural desire, trying to use a Bible verse, but the Bible is not saying these things. Okay, but to come back on that then, okay. what if somebody said, okay, yeah, the, they're making their case. They're saying, yeah, well, you have the prohibitions against cutting and tattooing. This is just another application of the same principle now, reconfirmed in the New Testament from 1 Corinthians 6. But it doesn't say anything about cutting and tattooing in that passage. Well, but, but you, wouldn't you allow that it applies to something broader? 
Well, I think absolutely. It's fair to make it apply to something broader, but the question is whatever you're going to insert in there and say that it's the broader application has to be somewhere else clearly in the Scripture forbidden by God. And that's the point. You can't just say, well, because the Old Testament law forbade it, then therefore it's one of the things that Paul is forbidding in the New Testament. Well, if you can show that it is an eternal moral command of God, never for you to ever have a body piercing or tattoo, then yes, it would be a violation of uh, your body as a temple of the Holy Spirit to get one. But you have to prove that premise, and you can't just do that by Leviticus. You also have to look at the very important thing that when we're told that we have to come before God you know, in a proper manner, is that we have to come in righteousness. We have to come clothed with Christ's righteousness, and what we really need to be bringing to God is works that are good according to his law that we are to be working as an act of gratitude. And so that is the manner in which we should think that our bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit. It is that place where God will use us to work good things, to do things for his glory. That is the beauty, that is the purity that we shall bring in worship. Okay, so there's no biblical text in the Old Testament or the New Testament. No clear command against either tattoos or earrings or even body piercings. We have to, if we're going to argue against it, then reduce it to a simple principle. And I want to suggest this, and we come back and break, we can discuss it. But the simple principle seems to be that if you're going to outlaw body piercing and tattooing, you're going to have to argue it on the grounds that it's wrong to disfigure or change the body that the Lord has given you. I think that's the key principle, and we're either going to have to speak for or against that. We come back after the break. We'll continue this discussion. Okay, we're back tonight on Sinners and Saints, and we've been talking about tattooing and body piercing and whether there's any biblical argument for or against it. We've basically gone through a whole bunch of passages and demonstrated that you can't just go to a simple proof text and say, see, tattooing is wrong, body piercing is wrong, yada, yada, yada. But I think, as I suggested before the break, you can reduce it to a simple principle, and that is God forbids uh, changing or disfiguring the body. Well, John, the problem with that argument is I believe that's arbitrary too because then you're outlining all kinds of adjustments to our physical character just because one seems to be okay and one doesn't. What about getting braces? What about uh, getting a nose job? What about, I mean, what, what counts for disfiguring and what counts for improvement? Who draws the line okay, and whatever? I, can, I think I can answer that. It's simple. Those things are body parts and, and, and composite parts of what you already are that God is giving you. When you tattoo or you uh, body pierce, you are adding something to your body that is foreign to it. So once again, then, you have to ask yourself the question, what is the motive for the action? Because that's going to help determine whether or not something is proper or improper. In this case, the argument is that God has given something good, and those things which, because of the fall, because of the fact that we live in a sin-filled world, that there's deformities, we want to correct them and make them better. And what's being argued then, if you're arguing against tattoos and piercings, is those things do not add to the original design of the body, but rather that they are man's additions to it, rather than corrections of those things that are deformed. Okay, but here's the problem with this, guys. God is, the one, on. God is the one who put the nose ring in Israel. <laughs> I mean, you know, you're so going to go back to God and tell him, well, God, you know, you're disfiguring your own creation because you're poking a hole in right, somebody's so nose and putting a ring in it. You're accusing me of being a fundamentalist. Yeah, it, well, exactly. I mean, I'm making up new laws. Well, pretty much. I, I'm saying that, that your line of argumentation for outlawing all of these things is just as wrong as taking the passage in Leviticus and getting rid of it. Fine, then. Fine. Now, let so, me... Let oh, no, me, no, 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 hold on. You, you bring up a good point. 
let's say we concede your point, and my principle doesn't work. And so I say, fine. We, it, it is admissible. I can tattoo. I can body pierce. And so uh, Joe, Joe comes up to you. He's got one. says, I'm thinking about it, get another one. He comes up to have six months later. I've got two. I think I want three. And it doesn't stop till you got 20. You have no principal argument now to say, do you? Unless I guess is, uh, maybe I shouldn't assert that you don't. Do you have a principal argument now? If you're going to allow one, how can you stop at one? Well, I think all of the arguments, you know, doing a one-to-one argument from Leviticus, using the argument of disfigurement, I think they're all inconsistent. But I do think there is an argument, an indirect biblical argument, which speaks very clearly against the kind of extreme, vile, radical tattooing and piercing that we see so prominent today. But and that's that your argument own is, no, subjective view no, of what's me, extreme or vile. No, I'll tell you what it is. I'll tell you what it is. Love your neighbor as yourself. Oh, children, please. children, be obedient to your parents in the Lord, for this is right. This is the first commandment with a okay, promise. Okay, my mom Here's and dad thing. signed this Here's list so that I could do it. you got to be... You got to be in a hole not to realize that this radical piercing and tattooing is representative in our culture today of a rebellious, anti-authoritarian, I don't want to have anything to do with the social norms and I'm going to show them that I'm independent and can be myself and press myself into everybody's don't, uh, I, I zone of discomfort don't, and, don't and therefore it. I feel free to do it. And I think that is a violation of love your, love your neighbor no, as I, yourself. I, I don't buy the argument because too, too many people are doing this now. Sons and daughters are getting them together. Uh, moms and daughters, sons, fathers and sons. I was talking to a guy today who was saying, you know, I asked him about his and I looked at it and we talked a little bit about it and I said, now I'm going to ask you a question. Do, do, would you tell your child you couldn't have it? He said, no. If I got him, I can't be inconsistent so I let my son have him. He's got two. Right, and let me guess what generation this so father how is that anti-authority? Let me guess what generation this father came from. The 60s, the sexual revolution, when everybody decided, right, that it doesn't matter anymore that we are going to bow to norms of culture and the populace to make people, say, feel comfortable around us or whatever. We're going to throw off all the constraints that we have, and we're just going to do what we want, and we're going to come out and play. And this is the problem. This kind of of, of radical tattooing. I'm not talking about people wearing an earring or having a little tattoo here. I don't care about that. What I'm talking about is this persistent, loud, uh, boasting, want to bring attention to myself, marks on all over my body, all kinds of things dangling off of me. This is ridiculous, and it represents this, I'm going to go against everything that's good and every like authority that's in place. And that's why it's okay, a problem. Okay, but you keep bringing authority into this picture. I don't find authority anywhere in here. If Christians were doing it hundreds of years ago, if, if people in all different cultures have been doing this for hundreds and even thousands of years, how all of a sudden do you in, uh, pull into this situation an anti-authority disestablishment argument? I don't see it. Because I don't know that you can argue that the, the types of body piercing and tattooing of which I'm speaking, which is the radical, you know, covering every visible part of your body and having multiple holes all over the place, you're making, is, the, is the kind of you're piercing that Christians... Moral, is the kind of piercing that Christians were doing throughout right, history. You have not established that. You're making a moral argument. Can't we just make a more common sense one? This is ridiculous. Well, isn't it, isn't it, I mean, can't we just say, look, why would you do that? Why would you turn yourself into a coloring book? But why is there this dichotomy between something ridiculous and a moral argument? I mean, when when... Your parents, when the broader Christian community says, and when you look around you and say, look at the, the kinds of people that are doing this, then it's a no-brainer. Here's my answer. Paul says all things are lawful, but not all things are expedient. It doesn't have to be immoral to be something we just shouldn't do. 
I think that's what it may boil down to. One, fine, big deal. Ten, twenty, my whole body. Come on, not all things are expedient. I think that's why. I think that's the uh, a correct way to look at this. And so there you have it. Adam Kalustian back here on the edit on the recut of the tattoo and body piercing show. The final definitive answer on tattoos and body piercings, as I'm sure you could tell. Anyway, we'll see you next time. Thanks for joining us, Sinners and Saints. Join us next week as we tackle more topics with the truth of God's Word on Sinners and Saints. Theology with an edge.